Hello and welcome to episode 44 of Solid 60. A bit late in recording this. Had some issues with the laptop and also getting stuff uploaded on the website that I use. Bit of a uh, miscommunication. I ended up throwing $60 away into the wrong bank account. It took a while before I found that out. I think it's probably too late to go back and change it. Saying that, I just remembered. So I'm meant to ring the bank. I'll have to try and do that tomorrow, which I would write down if I had a pen. So, but today we're going to talk about Alita Battle Angel. There's a few personal things that have happened, but not really anything of import. Yeah, I mean, I think I already discussed last time about my 10-year-old's birthday, taking him to see this movie. I'm not sure I did, but that's what happened. We had a good time. He uh, did some bowling. He had a shitload of friends, more than I did at that age, so he's going to do much better, I think in general got a lot of opportunities waiting for him as long as they are all uh, taken advantage of and i'll have him either way he could end up on a couch right next to me in a cheap share house in western sydney and you know life will still be good so but i've got a feeling he's going to do a lot better than i ever did had a good chat but he's getting to that age where he's like i can tell he's kind of not quite a teenager but he's starting to think yeah i'm a little bored let's move on just want to play with the friends and that's completely normal and healthy so i'm just gonna have to lift my game if i want to keep him interested the movie uh it's got 60 percent on tomato meter which is the rotten tomato critic meta score which is a bit harsh i think i really enjoyed it i'd give it a solid eight and a half or so which is what i gave it on banana split which we just recorded and i still have to upload there's no rush though because if i do it now then the groomsman or find out all those secret plans for his uh, Bucks Night that Jaden was talking about. So I will keep that offline until at least this weekend. I'm probably three or four episodes behind with this. It's just been really rough, but I will try and make up. Yeah, I think once I've done this one, I'll still have to do three more to get back on top. That's just time. never stops. But I'm going to add a new thing other than just reading trivia. I might read some of the quick snaps, like they have these little quotes from different uh, critics reviews to be fair the audience review a meta score is 94 percent so that's very much loved by all including myself i guess i'm not a proper critic so i've i tend to go easier on movies than most people like all the ones i've seen in the top box office list green book which won the best movie and the oscars critically not as acclaimed like it's 79 percent's not bad but a lot of people feel that it didn't deserve the oscar probably more people feel that black panther didn't i mean it should have gone to god knows i don't think i saw the other nominees black Klansman would have been a push i know spike lee was disappointed he always gets beaten by a black guy being driven oh sorry a driving movie he said something to do with basically the last time he he had a nomination it was beaten by driving miss daisy so there's a slight parallel there bohemian rhapsody did really well with a bunch of awards including Best Actor for Rami Malek, who is now being mooted as the next villain in the upcoming James Bond film. So that's fairly interesting. I think he'll do well with that. He's rumoured to be a blind character, so I guess it'll be something like the Jared Leto role in Blade Runner, except he probably won't have flying robots. So who knows? With James Bond, it can get pretty crazy. Now, let's jump over to the trivia. Oh, no, that's right. I was going to read some quotes so sam adams from slate says that it's goofy as hell and borderline inexcusable at times it's also kind of glorious yeah i'd agree with that 
It's got some pretty uh, obvious, cliched moments. Like, structurally, you can tell where it's going to go in general, but it's enough of a twist and enough variety along the way that you enjoy it anyway. Joe from the Wall Street Journal. I loved watching this sci-fi spectacle's moving parts. I just couldn't get past its brain. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you could say that about 50 movies. That's a nice way to put it. It's not the only movie that has that problem. Lots of flash, lots of sizzle, but the underlying, I guess you could say, the brain of it wasn't as fully fleshed out as it could be. They only have about two hours, and uh, a big problem for a lot of people was the ending, which, uh, yeah, wasn't quite resolved, but left some room open for a sequel, which doesn't look like it's going to happen, unfortunately. But I still had a a blast. And so did uh, Corey Coleman from Double Toasted. He said, the good news is the action is truly badass. The action is clear and coordinated well. Yeah, I had no um, issues like a Michael Bay film. It uh, travelled along quite well and was easy to follow. It wasn't... I didn't edit the shit out of it. Peter from Groucho said it's silly. Bit big dumb fun. That's about right. Martin Thomas from Double Toasted. All these websites I've never heard of. I'm going to have to check some of them out. It stops developing character too soon. That said, it really did remind me of having read the manga, even though I haven't in a long time. Neither have I. I will have to hunt down the Blu-ray for the original anime and maybe even read the manga, because I've never got around to doing that, and it'll flesh out the story a lot more. I mean, I've obviously changed a lot of things. It's a different world in the film, but uh, it'll still be some interesting backstory. So there's quite a few splats there's one from Matthew from Salon or Salon (laughs) how could I not say that suddenly when I read it in my head I'm like yeah Salon.com but okay attending the movie should not come with homework assignments and if a film only works if you study its backstory in advance there's something terribly wrong see I wouldn't know that because I've got it in my back catalogues of pop culture I don't remember specifics but enough to enjoy it and it's the same with, like, Lewis said it was his best film of the year. Like, or one of his most favourite films ever. So, and he'd certainly never seen anything about it ever. So, uh, come on, Matt. Chris from NPR says that it feels thin, despite a surfeit of heavy-hitting talent. Well, aren't you a dick? Peter from Toronto Star says it's more of a scavenger hunt than a movie, whatever that means. Richard from Chicago Sun-Times. Richard Ruper. Basically, we're talking about a lot of human heads doing a lot of insulting and quipping and grunting and groaning while atop all manner of fighting cyborg bodies. See, that's written down next to a splat. Um, So that would imply that's a bad thing, but I don't have a problem with that. (laughs) To me, those are all good things. The roller derby crap ruins the movie. Oh, come on, Rob, from Reno News. Have a heart. That was half the fun. I mean, some people just can't please them. Audience reviews, we've got four on the main page. I mean, you could view all, but I'm just going to take the top four. They're all super reviewers, apparently. So we have someone named Brendan Nichols, uh, who said he caught that as his pre-screener, you lucky bastard, uh, but Rotten Tomato block reviews, so I couldn't plug the movie. The film is full of ambition, and it's nice to see a film not built by Marvel or Disney. Won't be the... And then it goes on. So these aren't quippy bits that they have wrapped up in a speech bubble all the other all the pro critics that get paid to do this uh, have a nice little soundbite these guys it's just like the first part of their paragraph so I guess if I like that 
then I'll go and read the rest. Um, he gave it four stars. I don't know what that's out of. I'm guessing five. KJ Prox, P-R-O-U-L-X. God knows how you pronounce that. Not being a huge fan of novels known as manga, I've always appreciated the stories I've created in the form of movies or television. Not knowing anything about Alita prior to watching this, I was eagerly awaiting this look at a futuristic... I'll leave that. Oh, that was easy. I thought it would go to a whole new page, but you click on that and it just drops down. Uh, there's no punctuation. I don't know if that's his fault or the format of the just the way it works on this website. But he goes on. I feel a lot of people should have been feeling the same way. While this movie is groundbreaking in many ways, I would say the story itself, uh, as well as the side plots, are not. There's a lot to like about Battle Angel, but it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Let's dive in to one of Hollywood's latest releases. That's a strange way to put it. I mean, not by the time most people would read this review, but okay. Cyborg pieces are found in a scrapyard. See, now he's just going to do the whole plot. I, I don't know why people do this in reviews. I would probably skip that as much as possible. Uh, because, I, don't know, I guess just for me, when I read a review, I've generally already seen the film. And I just want to know their take on what happened rather than get a three-step arc of the like the entire structure it's just blah 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 then this happens and it happens and then he finally says not only are the visuals the standout of this film but the real sets feel lived in as they as if they found an actual place in the world that looked like this and started filming yeah <laughs> it's always not a pro critic i can't see myself writing much better than this but it's obviously easier to read something and, and hang shit on it but um without knowing quite why it's off but it, yeah it just felt a little high schooly looked like this and started filming yeah I mean I get that there's a couple of scenes especially just outside Edo's laboratory or cyborg-y op shop place where he fixes people for free I don't know he can only afford to do that because he is he is a hunter killer himself uh, which is a bit of a spoiler but it's kind of obvious really early on also the film it's truly a treat to see on the big screen the visuals alone from the impeccable look of Alita herself. Yeah, I was a bit unsure about the giant eyes, but you get used to it. The epic scale, brilliant visuals, and engaging action sequences are slightly bogged down by exposition. Written by James Cameron, late Carlo Gritis, and Robert Rodriguez, who also directed the film, uh, I wouldn't be remiss... I would be remiss if I didn't comment on the fact that there are a few scenes that feature fairly cheesy dialogue and some on-the-nose explanations which felt a little out of touch, given the talent on board. I don't know if out of touch is the right expression, but yeah, I mean, there was a lot of exposition that was needed to explain certain concepts, and uh, yeah, fair enough. I mean, it is aimed squarely at the teen or really nerdy adult audience, and most of those people will be fine with long-winded explanations. I mean, it would be a better movie in general if it used images, and, you know, like a good film will use what's going on on the screen rather than just someone telling you what's going on but they balanced it better than this guy's making out i could be wrong but that's my take because i enjoyed all the exposition that was there and uh couldn't get enough that being said i thought the positive aspects of this film far outweigh the negatives and would actually see another installment it does feel like a setup for future installments in more ways than one uh, but it's kind of a self-contained story the visuals are some of the best i've seen and uh, he keeps going on about the visuals. The performance capture is a step towards perfection. I guess he's talking about the mocap technology. 
Uh, the score stood out and I found myself engaged certainly due to the music. On a technical level, the movie is a real near masterpiece, uh, but there are a few too many issues in the overall story to really call it a brilliant movie. Yeah, I largely agree with that. And then we've got the other two here. Uh, Drake, Sui, Sue, yeah, uh, B-A-A. Oh, I don't think I could get used to that shortening of it. It's a solid sci-fi action filled bonanza with a strong narrative, condensing an exuberant amount of content from the source material, but often feeling like it's just trying to do too much all at once. Yeah, that's about right. Eugene Bernabe. The leader, Battle Angel, is visual eye candy, captivating the screen with its innovative CGI and the charming, believable performance of its star android. However, the film suffers greatly from its hollow narrative and other one-dimensional characters that drag down the efforts of its illustration and memorability. 2.5 out of 5. Drake gave it 3.5. But Eugene is a tough critic, and he didn't go on. That was it. That's his entire review. Uh, Drake goes on a little bit longer. He says some characters and ideas need more fleshing out, uh, whereas others probably should not have been introduced altogether, but an obligation to the original works would have made such an omittance criminal. There's a lot of exciting big ideas, and as any good sci-fi goes, it's the core human themes that tie it together and make it relatable. I like this guy. Unfortunately, I stand by the idea that the CGI face is too distracting, in a lot of solemn moments that would have really resonated instead i'm constantly getting this fish out of water video game character vibe from her that doesn't mesh with this very real gritty dystopian world the film is trying to sell me for me it's a bit of um like a fine dish you've got bitter and the sweet you've got the crunchy and the soft kind of coming together like she's this overly cute thing thrown into this overly dystopian dark gritty future so to me the contrast is part of what makes it interesting sci-fi staples that get undermined making this whole fabricated world lose a lot of its credibility i missed a bit there he said this feeling of disconnect clashes with the core themes what is real what is it to be human the story could have been written neater with less throwaway elements that reference the source material your suspense of disbelief is constantly tested in ways that you don't want it to be all in all, it delivers a riveting tale of cybernetic girls coming of age in a rough, unforgiving world at a time when female leads is exactly what we need. I largely agree with that, that guy. I have to keep an eye on his uh, his work. You can't click on his name, weirdly enough. So you just have to happen to see him pop up anyway. A leader over on IMDb. Now we're nearly 20 minutes in, so this should wrap it up. This will be a very focused episode. Because I've got three more to do. The next one I'll probably do on... Uh, I've watched some really good TV lately. I'm in, into uh, the second season of Get Shorty at the moment on Stan. It's an amazing show. The guy from the IT crowd, the main character, completely reversed every single part about his previous character in the comedy that he did, where he was very British and harmless and funny. Not British, he's Irish. But what I mean is he's just this happy-go-lucky, goofy dude and then in Get Shorty, he's an intimidating, menacing... He's still funny, but he's and, and still endearing, but just, well, it, it really completely flips any um, preconceptions you would have had about him. I should really be able to mention the guy's name, because uh, that's going to annoy anyone that would be listening, potentially. So I will look that up now, because I went down the rabbit hole, didn't I? Get Shorty. Yeah, it is a, uh, not a remake, but a reboot of the original film. It's based on the Elmore Net Leonard novel. It also has, for some reason it's not got his name right there, 
but the guy from Ray Romano, the one from Everybody Loves Raymond, and he's playing against type as well. But so there's three seasons. I don't know when the third season's coming out. I don't think they've, they've been up yet. No, there's nothing about those episodes. But that's good that it's obviously been renewed because it's freaking amazing. Yeah, what's the... <laughs> I was here to find the guy's name. And there's a lot of really good actors in this, including one of the guys from Breaking Bad, which is a show it reminds me of. I mean, it's got Mexican cartels. It's set in a desert state like Nevada or like Arizona. And except this time it's... It's weird. She's in Nevada, but she's not in Las Vegas. She's in somewhere called Pahrump the female antagonist and yeah she's probably one of the scariest most intimidating female since dread anyway uh gang leaders i've ever seen on the screen but where is the man himself christ should be right at the top uh chris o'dowd miles daly is the character and uh yeah obviously he's been in a couple of movies bridesmaids uh the sapphires yeah it crowds i think really what got him on the map and uh yeah he's just brilliant but going back like he's done a lot of stuff before the it crowd which i had no idea about all right we'll get this done eventually so back to imdb and alita very different crowd than anyone that would be watching anything that chris o'dowd did but you know i like to uh have my fingers in a lot of pies and it's just a different kind of dessert really and this was definitely not as thought-provoking those like mentioned some of the themes in sci-fi can be pretty heavy uh this takes a more fun approach uh it can be touching at times especially near the end yeah it's generally just a big roller coaster ride uh but you're going through the trivia the main character even though this film is live action is done with cg animation and was shot in 3d using the stereo imaging system that james cameron had been developing for his documentary so that's cool yeah we did watch it in 3d and I'm glad we did because it really seemed to utilize that technology quite well with lots of... Uh, Cecilia was supposed to come, my sister. She couldn't make it because of tummy problems. So Lewis ended up bringing one of his mates. And uh, yeah, the kid wouldn't shut up. I thought Lewis was bad. This kid would just constantly rabbiting on and on. Eventually, uh, I think we quietened him down. Yeah, had a good time. Yeah, there was lots of ducking of title sequences and things flying out of the screen. It's quite amusing. Uh, so it's the first professional collaboration between filmmakers uh, Robert Rodriguez and James Cameron. I mean, yeah, Robert's always sort of been more out of the Quentin Tarantino stable. He's done a lot of stuff with him. So it's a real departure to move to a James Cameron movie. But to be fair, he's done a lot of uh, kids-themed movies, like those spy kid movies. So they haven't all been dark, gritty, like completely non-mainstream things. Um, so I guess he could cross over. A little bit due to his prior commitments to direct the four sequels to Avatar, Cameron could only serve as producer and co-screenwriter with Rodriguez directing. In his interview with Empire, Rodriguez said, uh, this doesn't just doesn't happen. Guys like Quentin and Jim only write scripts for themselves to direct. When Avatar becomes the biggest movie of all time, he told me that he's going to spend the rest of his career making Avatars. So I said, what happens to Battle Angel then? Because as a fan, I was just interested. And he said, I don't think I'll ever get to that. Hey, if you can figure out the script, you can shoot it. So I took it home, spent all summer working on it, cut it down 130, 125 pages without cutting anything that he missed. It was a great gift. We had a blast. Anytime I had a question, I could just call him or email him and he would send back these hugely detailed answers that were so helpful. He just loves being the producer that he always wants. The guy's just so freaking smart. Getting to learn from someone like that 
was the greatest internship ever. And that's pretty humble for a guy that's already well into his late 40s and has made a bunch of movies. Well done, Robert. I think you did as good as anyone could do. The manga series uh, was titled Battle Angel, but the movie is titled Alita Battle Angel. John Landau said, I'm I'm telling people that we have to call it Alita because Jim only does TNA movies. Most of James Cameron's movie titles begin with the letter A or T, such as Titanic, Aliens, Terminator, The Abyss, True Lies, The Avatar. Huh. I thought he meant tits and ass, but yeah, that makes more sense. In September 2016, Variety reported that the movie has a budget between $175 million and 200 which makes it the biggest budget that Robert Rodriguez has ever had. So he's done a bunch of movies, but not, um, not ones this big, which surprises me. I thought uh, Mariachi <laughs> had a big budget. He basically made that film with his savings from being experimented on by drug companies. Pretty cool story. Recommend reading his book. It inspired me to become a filmmaker, and here I am driving a truck. Obviously, not everyone quite has the discipline to get there, but he did. Possibly the final film from 20th Century Fox before the studio becomes subsumed by Disney. That's what I thought. Which is good, because Fox are a bunch of pricks. And I just read a story about them ripping off pretty much everyone involved with the series Bones with their fancy fake accounting and uh, yeah, threatening all the leads with uh, cancelling the series if they uh, didn't just bow down and let them pay whatever they wanted them to be paid. So they ended up getting damages of over $50 million. That's actual damages with punitive damages being upwards of 125 million so that's going to be interesting they're appealing the punitive damages but they're still going to get the money back that they should have got for the last whatever it is five six seasons i think it's been longer than that but basically yeah they got shafted and uh hopefully fox in that guys is no more though i guess the film company is separate from the tv company but yeah hopefully that they do change the way they work or at least get rid of the guys who kept doing that because you know fuck them i know it's something that hollywood in general does that's why kevin smith didn't make as much money as he should have and a lot of the actors didn't get paid for movies like clark's 2 which is why they didn't make a third one well i think that was the issue with morats as well they just i kept getting shafted those weinsteins in the live action scene when hugo and his friends show alita the down ship they're actually walking through mckinney falls state park in texas yeah it's good to know the film is based on a nine volume japanese manga written and illustrated by Yukito Kishiro. The comic book ran from 90 to 95 and was released in North America under the title Battle Angel Alita. It was followed by a 19-volume sequel series, Battle Angel Last Order, which ran from 2000 to 2014, and later by Gundam Mars Chronicle, which began in 2014 and is ongoing as of 2019. Christ, I didn't know there was still a series running now. So that's good to know. I really wanted to track down whatever written works there were for the boy and, of course, to read myself. And um, they're still going. I'm going to have to find out where they are. I don't know if the current series has all been translated into English, but uh, it's worth having a look. Might have to make a trip to our only Japanese bookstore, Kinokuniya, right in town. Upon the release of the first trailer, her appearance, especially at Big Eyes, provoked strong mixed reactions. Director Robert said it was always Jim's intention to create a photorealistic version of the manga eyes that we're so accustomed to seeing. We really wanted to honour the tradition and see that look standing next to any human character, to have the right person to emote, 
behind it was really essential. Her origins are in the film, and you understand why she looks that way. If the eyes are windows to the soul, we have some pretty big windows. You can see a lot going on in there. When it comes to emotional scenes, it's really uncanny and striking and captivating. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm not fully on board with that. I mean, in the anime, everyone had big eyes. So to suddenly just go, well, she's a robot, so they could make large eyes and have everyone else just be completely normal and human is a little odd, especially considering you don't see any other robots with the same... Though she is the last of her kind, it's... uh, I don't know. It's an interesting choice. I wouldn't mind seeing a version where they didn't do that and see if that made me feel any different. It's not not a deal-breaker. James said in... (laughs) I love those who use their first names. Like, we're so familiar. Uh, He said the film would be PG-13 and that blood would be blue, not red. Ooh. Glad they changed that because... I don't know what it ended up being, but I'm pretty sure some of that blood was red. A lot of the, uh, to be fair, the most violent sequences were using robots, like robot heads, robot arms were liberally removed. But yeah, in terms of humans dying, yeah, it was fairly off-screen or subtle. Or in such a cartoonish way, like from a distance, in a crowd, someone gets thrown up against a wall while doing that weird rollerball game. Yeah, it was, it was never over the top in terms of uh, gore unless it was a robot anyway I mean how is it that I've been around all day since lunch and it's been quiet as a mouse in here as soon as I start recording this someone decides to first do the washing up and then eat using the loudest cutlery they can find hopefully it's not on the mic though yeah he four actresses were screen tested Zendaya that would have been cool Rosa Salazar who got the role Micah Monroe I'm not sure who that is and Bella Thorne they all have awesome names. Now, Micah Monroe sounds like half Japanese or something. No, she's a blonde. Glad she didn't get it. She just looks really ordinary, at least in that one photo they have. Uh, just yeah, very forgettable there. Who's Bella Thorne? Yeah, another blonde. Uh, has an interesting face, but it's so conventional. Obviously, she would have had big eyes as well. It's got to be a better photo than that. No, I'm glad they went with uh, Latino. It, it works better as something that someone that looks like they could be in an anime especially very anime in that particular character not just a background extra and mark the first time he's directed a film robert since spy kids where he did not also serve as the editor director of photography camera operator steady cam operator composer all the other things so yeah normally when he does a film he does everything by the look of it so he just stuck to one particular role in this and uh seemed to work out uh, Waltz was recommended by their mutual friend Tarantino. Obviously, he directed him in two films. And uh, so that's what turned out well. Announced in 2003. Jesus. Yeah, it took a while. After years of languishing, uh, Rodriguez was announced in 2016 as the director. Uh, following month, Salazar was cast and it began shooting in October 2016, lasting through to February 17. And so I guess they took over a year to do the CGI and all the rest. It always takes a bit longer with these things, like I know that uh, Ready Player One took forever to do the uh, post-production. The Hunter Warriors congregate in a bar called Kansas. According to Volume 8 of the manga, the scrapyard is located in the land formerly Kansas City. So it's a nice detail. This is Robert's first PG-13 movie, so it did end up being that. They, they just scraped in, I think, with some of the... It's lucky there were robots losing their heads, I guess. All these previous films were R or PG. It's been a dream of James to direct and produce a feature film adaption of Alita since 95, but the project stalled 
because of Titanic and technology not being uh, caught up with the story and vision he needed to do justice to the world of Alita. So we're going to see a lot more cool movies, I think, in the next couple of years, just because technology's finally got to where it can accurately, as much as possible, portray the world. So I hope that translates to writers that do have an eye to maybe having their projects developed into films, going just all out, not holding back in terms of what they put on the page. Because eventually someone's going to, if the story's right and the characters are there, it'll get made. So we're going to see some pretty amazing stuff in the next few decades. Uh, Director Rodriguez based the second motorball sequence on watching a NASCAR rally. For that reason, he uh, eschewed aerial and impossible shots in favour of the physics of real camera placements seen in NASCAR. It includes long lenses, capturing things whizzing by, as well as cameras on the track, with the players to keep it as real world as possible. It was the longest sequence in the film that he worked on that took him about three years from start to finish. Jesus. I don't know if they mean that sequence took three years, or the entire film. I think the entire film would make more sense. Yeah, that was a cool sequence. film includes 1,500 visual effects shots, so a lot of work there for CGI houses. I hope they all got paid, because there's been an issue there with some uh, production companies. Not They get work to the bone, a bit like video game companies, and they don't all get paid properly. It led to a fruitful collaboration between yeah, Cameron and Rodriguez, including Lightstorm and its own production facility in Texas, Troublemaker Studios. Many of Lightstorm's effects designers then paused in their work on the Avatar sequel to focus on Alita. That's cool. I've got to admit, I'm not as excited about the Avatar sequel as this movie. Who knows? They might actually do it. There's a lot of issues with the story. It's basically Pocahontas in space. Um, I hope they shake things up a bit with the sequel. This was Robert Rodriguez's third film to be shot in 3D after Spy Kids 3D and uh, The Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl 3D. Those titles, they're awesome and cinematographer Bill Pope's second film in 3D after The Jungle Book. Originally, the manga was written and drawn by Yukito, had nine volumes of 220 pages each. These were published for the first time between 1995 in the Business Jump magazine. The first French version was released between 1995 and 98. The particularity of this manga related to this cyberpunk genre lies in its extreme violence and its very dark vision of humanity, which does not prevent some characters to have very deep feelings contrasting radically with their environment. I've really put some thought into this um, submission. Gun M takes place in a post-apocalyptic world in the 26th century, which is divided into two main parts. On one hand, a dump, a filthy and ultra-violent city populated by mainly by cyborgs endowed with the human brain, beggars, criminals, bounty hunters, etc. And on the other side, Zalem, a city floating several thousand metres above the dump, whose inhabitants are humans living in an idyllic environment. Or is it idyllic? never know these are two places in perfect opposition and well delimited by impassable boundaries the majority of well that's part of the problem with the end of this movie and they never quite get to Zalem the majority of the manga's action takes place in the landfill in this world ruled by the law of the strongest a scientist Dr. Dyson Christ that was well before uh, the vacuum guy so prophetic stuff discovers the carcass of a young abandoned cyborg I think they changed his name to Dr. Edo for the movie, which uh, was a good idea. Uh, after having repaired it and thus brought it back to life, he calls it Alita, or Galley in the manga. Having no memory of her past but showing impressive combat skills, she will try to unravel the mystery. This is just a plot synopsis. I don't know why it's in trivia. There's a little bit of stuff about the manga, but the rest of it's just like, this is the story. Christ, I'm not going to finish it. It just goes on and on about the story. Not only is this Robert Rodriguez's most expensive film to date, but it's also his first movie to have a 
hundred million dollar plus budget. All right, geez, give him a break. He's been around for a while. I mean, it was about time. And he's done some, he's always, he reminds me of Shyamalan, but a bit more successful. He's done a lot of his own stuff, does what he wants to do, and he's always done well. I don't think he's had too many flops. The Spikers movie's made a lot of money. When James Cameron and Landau met Robert, they started by showing him some impressive videos and storyboards to testify to the visual and scripting potential of a leader. The filmmaker of Desperado was immediately conquered and asked if he could reduce the size of the basic script. The character named Dr. Dyson Ido, Daisuke Ido in the manga series, well that makes more sense, Daisuke, could be a nod to the British inventor James Dyson. Yeah, but, well how long, okay maybe it was, but I always thought that the Dyson stuff came out way later. Like, I didn't hear of Dyson Cleaners until the 2000s, but okay. George Lenderborg Jr. plays Tanji, who is a friend to Hugo, who has a romantic connection with Alita. In Bumblebee, Jorge plays Mimo, so Jorge Lenderborg. Uh, he plays Mimo, who has a romantic connection with Charlie, who's a friend of Bumblebee, a human-like robot. All right, so yeah, that's, actually, Lewis mentioned that. He's like, yeah, he's from Bumblebee, uh, which I haven't seen yet, so unfortunately. In April 2016... The Hollywood Reporter said that, well, they mentioned all the female actresses that were going in for it. Reporter that Zendaya's former co-star Bella Thorne had also auditioned. Christopher Waltz was the male lead in Tim Burton's film Big Eyes, about a woman who paints popular pictures of people with big eyes. In a leader, he's the father of someone with big eyes. Okay, that's a stretch, but all right, fine. You can get in there right at the end. He confirmed, that's James Cameron, that this is a combination of the first four books... Motorball from books 3 and 4 and the story from books 1 and 2. In another interview, he said that this film should be successful. He hopes to make another two Battle Angel films. Uh, I don't know if it would count as successful. I'll have another look at the box office. I think it's done okay, but probably not well enough to warrant more, unfortunately. Edward Norton has a cameo as the main antagonist, Destinova, and Michelle Rodriguez is uncredited as Gilda, Alita's fellow warrior in the flashbacks to her elusive past. Wow, I didn't know that was her. That's cool. I'll have to, when I rewatch it, keep that in mind, because uh, it's very brief, but some interesting scenes. Dyson Edo is a similar role to the role Christoph played in Django Unchained. In that movie, Dr. King Schultz is a German dentist and bounty hunter and mentor to the movie's titular protagonist, Django. Well, I guess there's a, a few uh, parallels there. Uh, I've got a goose, so I don't tend to want to... Okay, yeah, that's not too bad. When a leader disarms a pan, the sword bounces across the table and falls onto the far side. In the next shot, the sword's at her feet. Fair enough. That should have been uh, picked up. But I'll go back to the main page and see how the 54 meta score... Ish. But, you know, people liked it and they watched it. We want to see more... Opening weekend, 28 million, gross, 63 million. This is all in the USA. So that's not really good. <laughs> and that's it. Like, it doesn't say whether it... There's no sort of indication whether that's good or not. To me, I mean, yeah, the opening weekend's not bad. But it's not Marvel good. And so far, making 63, that's not even half the, the budget. So that's not good. That's not good at all. Well, we still have that one movie. And it got made out of pure love james loved it robert loved it john landau loved it so you know stuff's still happening for the right reasons it's pretty amazing that they still managed to do what they did with it so just got to be happy with that and at just over 40 minutes which i think is a good average for these episodes no one wants to sit there for a whole hour try and keep these as tight as i can which 
you know, it's not as tight as it should be, but for myself, that about 45 minutes before editing is uh, probably healthy. And over time, maybe I can cut that down. And I'll try and put some more uh, updates on what's been going on personally in the next one, which hopefully should be by the weekend because yeah, I'm still behind. But for now, that's episode 44. Talked about Alita, and that's about it. Uh, go watch Get Shorty, though, right now, if you can. Alita is probably out of the cinemas, or whenever you're hearing this, it should be on a Blu-ray somewhere. Um, it's fucking cool. So, yeah, have a solid week.